is a bonus pod on a Sunday afternoon. It is the Julio Jones edition. Nothing like getting called in for a work emergency. Oh, what happened? Oh, Julio Jones got traded to the Titans. So here we are, Adam Azer with Dave Richard. <laughs> it's fun, right? It's a fun job to have. I was I was on a bike ride. Ah, I was I'm at a park. Literally half an hour from home, and I get the call. Julio Jones was just traded to the Titans. I spent the entire bike ride home, a pedaling my butt off, which probably looked funny, and b thinking about you know how I was going to break this down. So now Good. it's time to put that work into action put the pedal pedal to the metal yeah uh yeah. i still have suntan lotion all over me sorry video folks watching at youtube.com slash fantasy football today heath you look great let's get right to it guys i mean this crushes josh reynolds so we could start there or mm. or, <laughs> or we could start with this first of all the trade is julio jones and a sixth round pick to tennessee a 2022 second rounder and a 2023 fourth rounder back to Atlanta. So let's rank three wide receivers. Calvin Ridley, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. Did I just rank them, Heath? Yeah, I, I'm going to struggle probably between Ridley and A.J. Brown. They are both top six wide receivers for me still. Julio, for me, is going to be a high-end number two. I think I've got him 16 right now in the projections. Uh, he was still awesome when he played last year. You have to expect, even if Tennessee is going to increase the pass volume, they're not going to throw as often as the Falcons did last year. And so it's going to be more difficult to have two top 10 wide receivers as the Falcons have in the past. 143 pass attempts was the difference between the Falcons and the Titans last year. The old 1-4-3 strikes again. I have no problem putting Ridley first. I think we we saw it last year in the seven games without Julio Jones. He averaged 20 PPR points per game. He had one game out of the seven below 15 PPR points. He averaged 13 non-PPR points in the seven games without Julio Jones and was below 10 non-PPR points once. I think he can do it. I think he's going to be a fine wide receiver one. Brown is going to be more of a low-end wide receiver one for me, and Julio will be... Uh, he'll probably end up being a top 15 fantasy receiver. I haven't ranked it yet, but he'll be somewhere between 15 and 20. You know what's kind of funny about Calvin Ridley without Julio Jones? Like a lot of catches, a lot of yards, and not a lot, a lot of touchdowns. But a lot of targets, like 10 per game. But yeah. he got the Julio Jones allergic to touchdowns thing. Um, but yeah. I, but I do think like it wasn't just that. His catch rate also was was down quite a bit without Julio Jones. We should not expect... Calvin Ridley to be as good for fantasy purposes on a per target basis as he was when Julio Jones was there. We've seen that with Juju Smith-Schuster. We've seen that with other wide receivers. Um, It's not as now that the the tough part, the flip side of that equation is that A.J. Brown without Julio Jones has been one of the most efficient wide receivers in NFL history. I don't actually believe that we can say A.J. Brown's going to get an efficiency boost because Julio Jones is on the team. I just think it makes it possible that he may not regress quite as much as we had thought before. But he's not going to get as many targets as we thought before either. Like when Jonu and Corey Davis left the team, we thought, all right, this is it. A.J. Brown's going to you know, have a shot to lead the league in targets. And that that's out the window. I don't think that's going to happen, but the efficiency should still be there, like you said. Wouldn't surprise me if he had more touchdowns than Julio Jones this year. And you know that he's going to make a bunch of plays after the catch. So I I prefer Brown to Julio pretty easily. And I think everybody else probably feels the same way. Why? Because first of all, he's younger. Uh Second of all, he's shiftier. I think he can do more on the field than Julio. And I know that sounds crazy because Julio Jones could pretty much do anything. But I just think he's... 
I, I don't think his talent level is really that far off from current day Julio's talent level, if not better than well, current better, day Julio's yeah. talent level. And I think they're going to end up getting right around the same amount of targets as they got last year, which is seven and a half per game. Julio got that in his games with Atlanta. That's what Brown got last year with Tennessee. And I bet he stays right around there. But his his yak ability is very, very exciting now that he won't see double coverage. I have them both projected for eight targets a game, 137 targets apiece, um, which that sounds high, but it's 17 games. I, I think like yeah. the easy answer for why you prefer AJ Brown to Julio Jones is touchdowns. AJ Brown scored once every 10 targets in his young NFL career. And, and Julio Jones has just had this whole situation with Calvin Ridley where Calvin Ridley scores all the touchdowns. <laughs> um, I, I don't think that will continue, but I, I do think it, it's going to be really interesting just to see like, Obviously, Brown's got the two years connection with Ryan Tannehill. And man, is there is there a bigger winner in this deal than Ryan Tannehill? No. Well, maybe Derrick Henry. I think there's, you know, Tannehill's huge winner. And I don't know why what, Henry would be a big think, winner. But, you know, but but there's also Rid- they I have think Ridley, Brown. Ridley, Pitts, Tannehill are, are big winners. Gage, lower level. I don't know about Pitts. We can come back to that. Um, Gage, for sure. Like, where yeah, he was, where now. he is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, maybe a number three wide receiver. Um, I mm. Does this change how you expect Tennessee and Atlanta's offenses to function? Yeah, because that's, that's an interesting question because the Falcons Tennessee's have been guess. bottom five in pass attempts, I believe, five straight years. So The Titans. The Titans. What are, who did I right. say? Falcons? And two Falcons. of those years Titans. were run by Arthur Smith, and we just pretty much assumed because he went to Atlanta and he had Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones and he drafted Kyle Pitts that they were going to be top five in pass attempts this year. They I still might be. Certain. I, maybe a little less certain because Julio's gone, but it wouldn't surprise me. And that's going to be just a byproduct of game flow for them. The Falcons' defense is ugly on paper. Ooh. <laughs> so I, I think they're going to end up having to throw. Maybe they don't want to throw as much as they did last year, but they'll be over 550 pass attempts. They'll be, they'll be, they might be close to 600 pass attempts even without Julio Jones there. And, and again, that, that's like that number is a 16 num- number. Um, 600 pass attempts this year might be league average. Mm. Mm, I bet it's not. I bet it's a little less, but I, I your, your point is taken for sure. So Matt Ryan. Number two quarterback now. I mean, he always was just outside the top twelve. But are, is Tannehill ahead of Ryan? Oh yeah, by yeah, by like Tannehill is to number one quarterbacks what Matt Ryan is to number two quarterbacks. You think Matt Ryan is like a twenty, like twenty fourth ish? I've rankings? got Tannehill tenth and Ryan twenty first. Uh, interesting. But yeah. I don't think you're you're going to have to draft. How many people are reaching for Ryan Tannehill at, as the tenth quarterback off the board? How much demand is there going to be for Ryan Tannehill? I don't know if there's ten I that we know. reach for. Yeah, well, but my point is is that before this trade, no one was excited about drafting Ryan Tannehill, and he had given you at least twenty fantasy points in eighty percent of his games with the Titans. I'm not exaggerating. That's the actual number is eighty percent. Twenty one of twenty six games. Now he's got Julio Jones. So if if I'm in a draft and I I whiff on those first four stud quarterbacks, maybe call it five or six stud quarterbacks, I think my my new plan is going to be to wait for Tannehill, maybe draft a second quarterback with him. I don't think I have to anymore. His first five games, I'm going to look him up. They're unbelievable. The matchups are great, and you're going to see Tannehill and the Titans get off to a good start. Burrow or Tannehill? 
I think Burrow will get drafted Burrow. first. Why not? I think why I'd Burrow? be. I think I'd be more interested why in would Burrow it? than Tannehill. <laughs> why are you? Why are you saying Burrow? Like that, Adam? I, I, uh, I don't think it's as emphatic as Adam made it. I not yeah, I don't think it's. I think as, it's kind of close. It's not as emphatic as I made it. I'm having fun. All right, listen, listen, but listen. I, but Eric, because because I think they're, the Bengals are going to throw a lot more than the Titans, even with the addition of Julio Jones. But they did. But they did last year, and I don't think Joe Burrow was better no. for fantasy than Ryan Tannehill. No, he definitely wasn't. Um, they threw but, forty times a game when Burrow was playing. I'm hoping for a big leap. Now that they've added Jamar Chase and second year, I'm just hoping for a big. He might even be as good as Julio Jones that the Titans added. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might be. Yep. No, it's a great point. I, if they, you were going to tell me they were going to throw the same amount of passes, I'd probably take Tannehill. But I still think Derek Henry right. runs the show there. Arizona at Seattle, Indianapolis at the Jets at the Jaguars. Now the the, the flip side of that is how many of those games could be just Derek Henry romps. And I think you could look at the, the the Jets and the Jaguars as two games where that might be the case. But against Arizona, that's going to be a high-scoring game. At Seattle, should be a high-scoring game. Indianapolis could be a high-scoring game. You're going to see Tannehill get off to a good start. So I don't mind one bit having him as my um, my opening quarterback for my fantasy team to begin the year with potential for him to be my quarterback every week for the season. Okay, but then it's Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady, Burrow, as we mentioned, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, what does he factor in with this group? He's behind. He, I think he's right about where you listed him. Yep. Yeah, right but, behind Hurts. And like, I've got Brady and Rodgers right now at seven and eight or six and seven. Um, I get confused, but, and I've got Hurts and Herbert right behind them. And then, and then it's Tannehill. Yeah. Tannehill's like, those guys are all going to go in the first nine rounds. Tannehill won't. Right. Right. That's the beauty of it. If I can get Tannehill and Stafford, to be my combo platter at quarterback. I know that Stafford's schedule lightens up after week three, so I can just start Tannehill at the beginning of the year and then transition to Stafford, and I'm probably going to go undefeated in my fantasy league. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> okay, so should we not... Let me let me circle it back to uh, wide receivers here. Should we not be a little bit more concerned about A.J. Brown? I and mean, this is obviously major, major target competition that he did not have with Corey Davis and Jonu Smith. Um, you know... It, Corey Davis and John U. Smith last year had 157 targets. Yeah, um, but Brown missed a few games, right? How many games did he miss? He missed two. two. He missed two games. Um, it's possible uh, well, Julio the, might well, miss a the, game or two. The fact, the truth is, Brown isn't a highly targeted guy. You mentioned it, though. He's in, incredibly efficient, but you've got to acknowledge, I mean, there's some downside there. If the touchdown rate goes down for him, you know, he's not a high-catch guy. He may not even be the best wide receiver on his team. I think we think he is, but Julio Julio's still incredible. What he did last year in his healthy games was basically his best season, uh, right up there. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I feel like there's some reason to be a little concerned here. If he's if people are going to take him as a top seven or eight wide receiver, do you still have him ranked that way? Yeah, I do. I haven't officially changed him yet. I am not committing to ranking him as a top seven or eight fantasy receiver. So but that's going to be he, like I am Justin committing Jefferson him as a top range. 12. Like Justin Jefferson or, or A.J. Brown? I think I'm going to go with Jefferson. Heath? Um, I've still got Brown higher right now. Okay. How about uh, Michael Thomas? Uh, I think I'm going to take Brown. Definitely Brown and non-PPR, no matter who the quarterback is. I'll take Thomas over Brown if Jameis wins the job. I'll take Brown over Thomas if Taysom wins the job. And Calvin Ridley, um, how where are you going to end up in the rankings with Ridley? Five or six. 
Probably six. Okay. How about Julio Jones? Let's look at like Julio Jones or Robert Woods. I will take Woods. Woods. Allen Robinson. I have Robinson ranked higher already. Robinson, I will yeah. probably stick with that. Amari Cooper? Cooper's pretty good with Dak. I have him back to back. I have Julio one spot higher. I think I'm gonna I think it'll be unpopular, but I think I'm gonna take Cooper ahead of Julio Jones. Let's finish with Pitts and Gage. Moving Kyle Pitts up. I've already have him at six. I don't I I can think about moving him ahead of TJ Hawkinson, but for now, I think that could be a mistake just what, because of the targets that I expect Hawkinson to have. What I wrote um is that I, I'm not moving Pitts because Pitts ranking is not really about a projection. It's about like yes, whether or not his elite profile can give us tight end production at a, out of a rookie we've never seen before. And you can't, like, we don't know. We don't know how many targets he's going to get per game. We don't know how ready he's going to be week one. We've never seen really anyone like him, and we've never seen anyone do what we're projecting him to do. Well, we <laughs> could we play the uh, opportunity index game and say that now there's seven and a half targets per game available in Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's, I yeah, would figure that a lot a of that thing. would go right into the back pocket of Kyle Pitts. It, it might. Well, that's pretty um, good. That he, would be good for Kyle. No, Pitts. that would be good. He's got, but he's got like, again, how many passes are the Falcons going to throw? Is this going to be the Arthur Smith offense we've seen or the Arth, a new, no, it's going to be Arthur a, Smith offense. It's going to be a new Arthur completely Smith offense. So they don't have Derek. How are, yeah, we, we don't, but so Calvin Ridley is going to get 25, 26% target share now, we think, as an elite number one. Russell Gage is going to be the slot guy that we think gets a major boost. What we saw from mm -hmm. Arthur Smith, even though it's not going to be the same offense, was Anthony Ferks are getting almost as many targets as John O. Smith because they run multiple tight end sets and they just throw it to the guy the defense forgets. Okay. Without Julio Jones, I don't think the defense is forgetting Kyle Pitts. Stop thinking of Kyle Pitts as a tight end. Think of him as a wide receiver that we can play as a tight end in fantasy. Because there they there's no way they can look at Kyle Pitts and say, that's Anthony Ferkser. No, no, nobody called him that, but they, they run multiple tight end sets and they just throw to the guy. Sure, who's but both of the tight ends that they're going to run are not going to be like physical blocking guys like Ferkser no. has the potential to be. And Johnny was a pretty good blocker too. I, I, I think that you're going to see both those guys on the move a lot. I think you're going to see the Falcons be a, a two tight end team. For sure. Hurst in deeper leagues and in tight end premium leagues, put him on your list. He, he may end up with 45 catches this year. He might have a couple of good weeks. But I, I think I think Pitts, if you think of him more as a wide receiver, picking up six and a half to seven targets per game could be really dangerous, could be really, really good. You know that he's got a chance to be efficient. It's just a matter of how quickly he can assimilate into the offense. I talked about the schedule and how, how well, the schedule's better for Tennessee. I got to look at Atlanta's schedule real quick to see what it does for him. But I can tell you that Arthur Smith's going to try and establish him right away to try and get that double coverage off of uh, of, of uh, Ridley. Calvin so, Ridley. So, so it's Philadelphia. At Tampa Bay sucks. That's going to be bad for him. At the Giants That'll be that might be the game that Pitts really blows up in Washington after <laughs> that and the Jets after that. Uh, okay, so um, yes, Kyle Pitts. I think we've already seen it in our drafts, and in, you knew I said that just to mess with yeah. you, Adam. It's not necessarily right. There, okay. uh, it's not an easy schedule for Atlanta right off the bat. There's going to be one game. Oh, there's going to be one manager 
in a 12-team league. At least it's just gaga over Kyle Pitts. I swear, I, I wouldn't surprise me if he's in a fourth-round pick. He will be the number four tight end, unquestionably in ADP. You think so? Yeah, he, no doubt. He's gonna go. He's gonna go really. I will early. not get. Oh, Kyle I'm gonna love that. Team. I'm gonna love getting that Mark Andrews after that. <laughs> okay, and that, then, that's gonna be the guy who falls. Russell Gage. Let's finish talking about Russell Gage here. Um, Over 70 catches last year was a PPR. Was a solid PPR receiver in the games without Julio Jones. Yeah, you know what? He was going to be the one that steps up, but he's not explosive. He wasn't better. He wasn't that much better. Um, His splits were not Julio Jones related to me. Uh, Seven games, because I have Jones playing seven healthy games. I I break his season down into seven healthy. Of course. Nine, which includes the two that he left early. Um, No, he he left early like six times, but you're including the two games he played less than half the game. 35% or fewer of the snaps. Yeah. There were two games. Uh, Seven games with a healthy Julio Jones, 33 catches, 366 yards. Nine games without Jones or with Jones leaving early, 39 catches, 420 yards. It's pretty similar. And it really wasn't that good of a year. 72 catches, 786 yards, four touchdowns on 110 targets for Gage. He was fine. He was number 37 overall. Um, Gage averaged 16.6 PPR points per game in his final five, all without Julio. And look, and look what Calvin Ridley did. Or one did. with Julio. Look what Calvin Ridley did at the end of the stretch. At the end of the season, look what uh, Matt Ryan did at the end of the season. They actually were cooking even without Julio Jones, but. It was very, very spotty. It was exactly he. He won the Mohamed Sanu waiver wire award, which is you go crazy for. Oh, this is it, Mohamed Sanu. Two good games, and then as soon as you pick him up, he stunk. That was what Sanu did every year with the Falcons, and that's what Gage did. But maybe, obviously, this is a different opportunity for him now with without Julio for a full in, season. In deep leagues, uh, Zacchaeus could be. Uh, could yeah, be don't a deep, don't deep forget sleeper. about Alameda Zacchaeus, who had a couple of blow up games over the course of last year and then he got hurt. I would rather draft him than Josh Reynolds now. Would you rather draft um would you rather draft Maybe. Russell Gage or a Jets wide receiver? Probably in a PPR league it's going to be Gage in a non PPR league it'll might be Mims. Man if Crowder would show up it would be Crowder. But it's I'm it's even more and more like Crowder is not going to play for the Jets this year. And it could end up being Elijah Moore too. We just right. have to wait and see what happens with Crowder. Yeah, they're trying to get Crowder to take a pay cut when they've got thirty million dollars in cap space. Yeah. Crowder's gonna tell him to kick rocks. He's eventually gonna get cut or traded. Yeah. I, I don't think Crowder plays for the Jets this year. Well, you know, Heath, it would be a very Crowder uh, receiving core. So it, you know. it, it is currently. <laughs> Although Corey Davis is already hurt, so probably not as Crowder as it looks. <laughs> All right, that's it. We'll talk more about Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. We'll talk more about Julio Jones. Yeah, Matt Ryan will be part of it on Monday's episode of Fantasy Football Today and on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you Monday.